Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. For more information about Adventure Church, please visit our website at adventurechurch.tv. Now, prepare your heart for a message from God's Word. Today, we're going to really kind of lay a foundation and try to get a godly perspective when it comes to our money and our finances. But how many of you would you say that a little bit of money would make life just a little bit more better, right? Come on, just be honest this morning. You say, if I just had a little bit more money, life would be a little bit better. Well, I guess some of you aren't in the same boat as I am. You're like, dude, I'm, I'm totally fine. But Dave Ramsey says, money is a lot of fun if you got some, right? That money can be a good thing. And today we're going to talk about how if we can handle money the way that God wants us to, and the way the Bible instructs us to, that money really can be something that is a benefit not only to us, but a benefit to the kingdom of God and what he wants to do in our world. And so this series, I, just right away, I don't want this isn't about guilt. This isn't about uh, trying to make you feel bad if, if your financial situation isn't exactly the way that you would want it to be. So even right now, let's just do this a little bit, all right? So you know you got to do calisthenics. Just, just move your shoulders a little bit. Just shake the guilt off, all right? Come on, loosen up a little bit. We're going to talk about money, so you got to be a little looser than normal. You got to be a little more uh, interactive today, but just loosen up, shake the guilt off. This isn't going to be, you know, there's, we're not going to, you know, do a building campaign today. We're not anywhere close to being in that phase. And so we're not going to ask you for extra money to try to do something to the church. We really just want to teach you and give you practical ways where money can be handled the right way that you can be blessed. Uh, So today it's going to be very practical. How many of you have kids? Raise your hand. Yeah, a lot of you have kids, right? How many of you have kids and have ever flown with kids? Let me, let me see those hands, right? Yeah, not, some of you are smarter than me. You're like, dude, I got kids. I've never flown with them. Why would you ever want to do that? Sometimes you have to. And today I have these uh, props up here to illustrate this. But I can remember a few, uh, actually a few times with Riley where we had a stroller. We had carry-on. We had bag strapped. And how many of you have ever been there before where you're trying to get through the airport, you know, you're pushing bags, two in a hand, you got a screaming kid, and you're trying to just get to the flight, right? How many of you, you've been there before, right? You can imagine, you're pushing a stroller, you know, you're just trying to get to your plane, and you got all this baggage and all this stuff, and you're just like, why did we bring this? And some of you are like, that's not much luggage, I take that on a two-day trip, you know, like some of the ladies here are like, yeah, that's for makeup, that's hair dryer, that's, you know, that's how my wife is it's it's just loaded up with stuff but but we had to travel like that and it's crazy and it's not fun and it, it makes you never want to fly again trying to get through baggage claim and then you got you know you have a belt on so you got to take your belt off and then you got your shoes on you got to take your shoes off and you're pushing luggage you got an ipad and a computer and it's just very difficult to do that And today, as we kind of get into this series, I feel like this is a really good illustration of what it's like to live life when you have a ton of debt, when you're strapped financially, when you're in bondage to, and you have all this baggage that every time there's a decision to be made for the family, it's like, well, we got to pick up all this debt that we have and try to carry this to the next stop, try to get this to where our destination is. And it can limit us in the way that God wants to use us and the plan that he has for our life. 95% of married couples argue regularly about money. Regularly. 95% of married couples, this is the number one thing that they argue about. And it's also the number one cause for divorce in America. Finances, dealing with money. 
We just came out of a relationship series, and before that we talked about discovering God's will, and, and these are some kind of tough uh, topics that we're tackling, but they all play together. They all work together, because discovering God's will is great, but if you don't have relationships to support that, and, and your marriage isn't good, and your dating life, and you're not doing that right, it's not going to work out, and so you discover God's will, you get healthy relationships, but the number one thing to end relationships that causes disputes in families and in marriages is money and the tension that being strapped brings to your marriage isn't what god wants for you proverbs 22 7 says this it says the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is servant look at your neighbor and say servant servant is servant to the lender in the hebrew that means abed and it means a slave or in bondage to is what that means. What servant means in that context is that you are a slave or in bondage to. So some of you here, you may be saying, yeah, you know, we'd really love to get married or, you know, I'd love to take an excellent relationship, but I just really can't afford to. I'm in bondage to debt. You know, I owe someone, I owe this company, I owe Chase, I owe Visa and MasterCard and, and American Express, I owe them this stuff. And so everywhere I go and every decision I make, I got to take all this baggage with me, this bondage, and, and, and we're enslaved to it. Or, you know, I'd love to start a family, I'd, I'd love to have more children, but, you know, you know how children are, they, they cost a little bit of money, not just to have them, but to raise them, right? It's expensive, and so we really can't do that because we're in bondage. Or, you know, I'd really like to get out of, of renting and, and really own my own home, but there's just no way that we could ever come up with the down payment we need to, to, to get into a house that would be good for our family. Or maybe you're in a small home, and you'd say, man, we've had kids, we've grown out of this house, but, but financially, because of the situation we're in, because of the debt that we have, we can't do that. And maybe you just hate your job, and You'd love to do something different, but the baggage and the debt says, you know what, I can't make that decision. I can't risk that because what would happen? That we're, the borrower is servant to the lender. Maybe you'd like to help someone else and to be more generous and, and to be more giving of, of, the, of what God has given you, but you're not able to do that because of the debt. So today, if you find yourself in debt, again, this isn't a message that's to make you feel guilty. It's actually just to realize that this is really a, a problem in our country in general, that, that most people carry a lot of debt in their relationships and in their families and in their lives. And the average household debt in the U.S. is now 136% above the average household income. So the debt is, is way higher than, than what's actually coming in. And for those that carry a balance on a credit card, the average credit card debt is $14,517. And if you do the math on 18% interest at minimum payment a month, you, you can add up very quickly that by the time you pay off that debt, if you're still occurring at the rate that you are, you could have owned a home, you could have owned a house or a car. The average 21-year-old, so 21 years of age, is already in debt $12,000, and by the time they're 28, that goes up to $78,000. Bondage, this stuff in debt enslaves us. It, it puts weight on us that God never intended us to carry, and, and His Word gives us wise instruction to say, if you go in debt to someone... You are a slave to that person. They can dictate and control your life. The average number of U.S. households living paycheck to paycheck is 55%. 
So that means if a paycheck doesn't come in, if something happens with the job and there's an unexpected layoff or the company is downsizing, that even if one month that happens, even with one paycheck you miss, you're not going to meet the bills. And you can understand that the, that, that how debt enslaves us. And really, I think debt and finances is really one of the greatest tools that the enemy uses to hold us back from doing what God wants us to do, to be able to live the life that God wants us to live. It straps us in. It loads us up. It keeps our arms to where we're not free to do it. It straps our legs in to where we can't go and do the things that we want, the things that God has put in our heart because we're strapped financially. I think the devil knows that if he can control our money, he can literally control our entire lives to dictate the decisions that we make. So God wants us to be able to break free from the bondage. He wants us to be able to get rid of the baggage, oops, uh, to be able to pursue the life that he's called us to live. Our vision here at our church is helping people discover the life that God created you to live. But once you discover that life, you want to make sure you're in a position to where you can pursue it and do it without carrying this baggage everywhere that God wants you to go. So I know you're probably sitting here today and you're going, okay, here we go. Another preacher another church talking about money and i get that but look here's the issue money is a tremendous blessing when it's used the right way and can be used for good in your life god wants it to bless you he wants you to be able to have the things that you have it's okay but when we don't handle it the right way it can become the greatest distraction it can become the greatest thing to prohibit us from doing what god wants us to do and here's the deal it's not only me that's talking about money how many of you would say jesus's words carry a lot of weight with you right like, hey, Jesus, he, if he kind of said it, you know, the, the, the red words in your Bible, Jesus talked about money more than he talked about anything else. Two-thirds of the parable, parables, which are the stories, the illustrations that J, Jesus gave, dealt with money and possessions. In the Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the, the, the books written that describe Jesus' life and his ministry, one out of ten verses deal directly with money. 2300 verses in the bible deal with money five times as much as prayer and faith so jesus talked about money why did he spend so much time talking about money because he knew it would be the biggest issue the biggest problem for your marriage it would be the biggest issue in your life and could be a tremendous blessing or a tremendous curse depending on how you deal with it and money is, is also one of the greatest outward indicators of our inward spiritual condition. It's one of the greatest outward indicators of our spiritual condition, of what's going on the inside. And it's really the way that we handle money that does that. Matthew six twenty one says this, Wherever your treasure is, there, to des- there the desires of your heart will also be. For wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And so wherever you're investing the most of your money, wherever you're giving of that, it says wherever you find that fulfillment and where you invest your money is where your heart will also be. So here's the deal. Today, it's not wrong to have money. Can we get that clear? It's not wrong to have money. Some of you have, have a lot. Some of you don't have as much as others. But it's, it's, it's okay to have money. The problem is, is when money begins to have you. 
When money begins to control you, when your life is dictated by, by the, the money and the things going on in your life. So it's okay to have money, but when money becomes this baggage that we have to carry around everywhere where we've overspent and we've acquired all this debt and we can't really do the things that God wants us to do, that's when money begins to have us. And so today we're going to talk about how do you know if money has you and not the other way around? that you're in control of your life, you're in control of your finances, the first way to know is this. Money has you when you serve money. When we serve money. Matthew 6, 24 says this. No one can serve two masters. Again, this is Jesus. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Key word there is serve. Again, it's okay to have money if money doesn't have you, as long as you aren't serving it. What do you mean serving money? Serving money would be this, buying things that you don't need. How many of you ever bought something you didn't need before? You don't have to raise your hand, but okay. We, we all can throw up two hands. Like, yeah, you know, last week I did. I bought something I didn't really need. We, we do it all the time. And so, and, and, but then we have to look at our motivation uh, of why we're buying those things that we don't need. Because a lot of times we think that things are, are going to make us happy. That if I can just get this thing, if I can just get this, this nicer car, I, I think about that every day when I get into my 06 Mazda 3 that has 115,000 miles on it, where I, I'm just like, man, it'd be nice to, to upgrade this thing, you know, where it didn't rattle and that check engine light would go off and my brakes didn't make those funny noises every time I get it right. But I don't, I don't need another car. The, the car is, the only reason I need a car is to get me from A to B. And so it's a car that's paid off, praise the Lord. I don't have to make a payment on it every month. Just had to put new tires on it, so it was like a car payment. But, but, it, but I, I don't need another car. But I'm tempted to serve money because I want something that I don't really need. And it, it, it makes us realize that, that we're not content with, with what God has blessed us with, where we get our eyes off of the blessings he's given us and only focused on things that we don't have. We, we serve money when we buy things we don't need and I don't, they have it, my, my neighbor has it, so I want it. We also serve money when we become a hoarder and not a giver. And what I mean by that is that we, we, we hold on to money because we've, we've bought the lie that, that money is, is our security. And that we put our, we, what we really do is put our trust into money, where we say, I gotta have this saved up. And I look, I'm all about saving. I think it's wise. We're gonna talk in the weeks to come about how to, how to invest wisely, how to save, all those things, how to spend. We're gonna talk through the very practical side. You should have money in savings. Dave Ramsey says you should have at least three months of expenses saved up in the bank. You know what that does when you do that? It relieves stress. It relieves tension. If something does go wrong, if the car does break down, we have the funds to pay for it, and we don't have to pull out the plastic people eater and swipe it through the thing. So God wants us to do that. So I'm not saving it's wrong to, to save and to stock away and to be prepared because you need to do that. But, but when we hoard our money all to ourselves, like, well, this is all mine. I'm never going to give this away. I'm not going to bless someone else. I'm not going to be generous with this. This is my security is in my money and not in my God. I always think it's funny that the thing that we find most of our security in is, is the thing that we write in God we trust on our money you don't believe me we we do live in america and it's actually still on there there'll probably be a day where they take it off but 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 we we say that we trust god with our money but when we hoard and we give we begin to serve money 
Also, when we neglect our priorities to make more money, we become a servant to money. We begin to serve money. When you spend more time working so you can get more money, so you can have more things, we're tempted to serve money in that way. And that is when money has us and we don't have it. It's controlling our life and telling us what to do. I was thinking through this and why we are tempted to serve money, and this is why I think so, is because money promises what only God can provide for us. Money promises what only God can provide for us. Money provides us, the money promises us security, is what we think. Again, we think that this is my security. And again, you need to save, you need to be wise, those kind of things. But listen, just remember 9-11 when that happened and what happened to the stock market? Do you guys remember that? Yes? You can participate. You can say, yeah, I remember that. You know, I was, I was around then. Yeah, right? It, it crashed. Literally, people's retirements in one instant, gone. Like their security, what they had saved up, what, what they thought was going to pay the bills for the rest of their life was gone in an instant. It was gone. And so don't think it can't happen to you. Your job could be gone. Your money could be gone. The world could turn upside down in just one minute. I mean, you know how fickle the market is. One little thing happens, it can drop. And our finances, our investments, all those things can easily go away and so it promises us security and really only god can provide us with security god is in is in control of my life if, if my money's all gone thank god that he's jehovah the, the the provider for me he's the one that's going to take care of me money promises us significance so we serve it because we think that if the more money we have the more significant that we will become and really do we want people to respect us because of the paycheck we get every week or do we want people to respect us for the integrity that we have and the character that we have and the way that we love our our spouse and the way that we love our kids and raise them and the way that we participate and give back in the community those are the things that I want to be known for obviously I got into ministry so you know there's there's not a huge payday uh in this field and I'm not saying that but but I've, I've never found significance in that and I don't think that that we should look for that that God provides us with significance success is when you are obedient to God every day with what he's called you to do that's where you have to get in your life to say this is success for me is I'm obedient to what God has called us to do so we are tempted to serve money and when, when money has us, we serve it. The other way that we know is if money has you is when you love money. When you actually love money. First Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. So again, Timothy is saying this, money is not good or bad. It's a neutral thing. It's neutral. It's why we, how we handle our money. It's what we do with our money that determines whether it's good or bad. Generosity is something that I hope as our church begins to grow and as we begin to become more established in our community that our church is known for generosity that we are a generous church. Already as a church plant, we have a very tight budget. And everyone on our team who's, who's serving in a staff position all work full-time jobs. 
None of them receive a, a salary from our church to, to, to live off of. They all have, have made sacrifices. So, so our staff is very generous with their time, and they give a lot to see this happen. And I want our church to do that. I was so proud back in November we did Feed One. How many of you remember Feed One, where we picked that up? And, and for $10 a month, you can feed a child for an entire month. You can literally save a child's life. And even at that stage in the game, our church wasn't near the size it is even right now, and that we, we picked up like 65 kids just like that where many of you said hey i'll take four kids i'll do this and so generosity began to happen we did our coat drive and many of you brought coats and things and donated to to help people who were in need and so i love that and i want our church as we continue to grow to do that every everything that comes in we take five percent of that and we give that away to missions already we're sponsoring five missionaries we support young life there's other organizations that we support that we give out to those who are in need, to, to other ministries and things happening. And I want our church to be that. But what we have to realize is this generosity isn't a bank account thing. It's not like, oh, when I get this much money, then I can give this much away. That's not what it's about. Generosity is a heart thing. It's the way you live your life, not just with your money, but, but with your time and, and how you give of yourself to your family and your community. You say, well, we want to be a generous church. Because here's what we have to realize. Uh, generosity, we could think, well, once I get more money, I could give more away. And that's really not the case at all. Because more money only makes you more of what you already are. More money will just make you more of what you already are. Ecclesiastes 5.10 says, whoever, love mo- whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. So this too is meaningless. Where we chase after these things. We try to find the fulfillment in that. So if you are a broke jerk... You're going to be a rich jerk, right? How many of you know a rich jerk? You know what I mean, right? A, they were a jerk before they, ha- they were rich, right? They still are, you know? So if you're, if you're generous when you have little, when you get more, you're going to be more generous. And that's what God tells us. He says to be faithful in the small things, to be generous in the few. And when we do that, God can then trust us with more. So when we put him in control of our lives, we put him in control of our finances, we can tr- when, when he can trust us with more, he's going to do that. Being a steward, we're going to talk more about this. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But how many of you, the word stewardship is a word we use in the church a lot, where we steward, we, we use the money that we have wisely. We, we're, we're good stewards of what God has given us. And steward, when you really think about it in biblical terms, in modern day language would just mean manager. That's it. That you're a good manager of what God has given you. And so if we can get the perspective, again, a godly perspective on money, to where this is all God's. God has blessed me with with the breath that I have, with the ability to work. And sure, you work hard to earn the money that you have. I'm not not taking that away from you. But God has given you the ability, the talents, the health, the, the, the breath to do what you do. And so when we can get the right perspective that it's all his and he blesses us with it, what he wants us to do with it is to be a good steward or manager of those funds. So if you work for a company and, and, and you, they give you a certain part of the budget to manage and to, to delegate and, and people to manage, if you are a good manager and you, you do very well with, with the small amount they give you, what do they usually do? You get a promotion, right? You, you move up the ladder and they say, hey, you've been really good with that. We're going to give you a few more employees to oversee. You're going to take over that. We're going to have you do that. Here's a little bit more budget. We want you to, to have a little bit more say in what we're doing here. And so the, more, the, 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 good, the better you are with little, the more you get. And so if we can get that perspective to say, I am a manager of what God has given me. And if I manage and steward what he's given me well, God is going to give me more. 
And that's really the principle of where, you know, you hear a lot of the, the, the prosperity gospel, they call it. And so preachers will tell you, you know, call in and give me, you know, $100 for this little bottle of water and you can sprinkle it, you know, on your uh, grass and you're going to grow money off your trees, right? You know, you've seen that before, right? That's kind of the, the, per, the perception that's out there. I was exaggerating. Some of you are like, really, that happens? Like, it's not that, it's not that drastic. But, but there's people out there where they, they, they say, hey, the more you give to us, the more more God is going to bless you. And that's not how it works. And yeah, we're going to talk about giving and, and all those things later, but, but it's really the, the better steward you are with what God has given you now, the more he's going to give you to manage. So if you're investing wisely and you're being a good steward and you're generous with what God has already given you, he's going to give you more so you can have a greater impact for his kingdom. So really money, you know, is, isn't, a, is, isn't going to change your heart. It's generosity is something that if when you have little, if you're generous with that, you're going to be generous to have more. But if you're not generous and you're a hoarder and you're serving money and you're loving money, when you don't have much, you're not going to be different when you have a lot. So money isn't going to change your heart. Only more of Jesus can do that. And that's really how we need to fix the problem when it comes to, to the baggage and the, and the money because we're tempted to serve it. So we buy things we don't need and we get more and more dead and we, we love money and we find fulfillment in it and, and we find our security in it. And so we stack up all this debt and these things around us. And, and how do we fix that problem is, is not more money. Your debt isn't going to go away if you get more money. Your debt is going to go away when you get more of Jesus, when your perspective changes. You'll become more generous, and, and, and that's when the debt will go away. It's not going to go away if you have more money, because more money is just going to make you more of what you already are. So what do we need to, to change that in my life? I need more of God. I need more of His Spirit in me. I need more of Him to change my heart so that I, that I manage and steward what He's already given me the right way. Because here's the deal. It's not an income problem. It's an, it's an outgo problem. Many of us, most of us in this room, would be in the top like 3% of wealth in the world think about that like we can get so in our own bubble that we forget that that most of the world lives far beneath what we live on and that god is no respecter of persons which means he loves the kid who's starving in africa just as much as he loves you so that's how god's perspective and his view is and so he says i've given you so much and so i'm not going to give you more because it's not an income problem it's it's an outgo problem it's 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 how you're spending it and so we think though well i'll get out of debt if i can just make more money no you won't you'll just have more things unless you get a right perspective and you allow jesus to come in and change it again the average american has spent a dollar 22 for every dollar they earn that's the average so a lot of people spend more some of us spend less hopefully that we manage the right way but it's 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 a lifestyle problem the only organization in the world that can spend more money than it brings in and still function and not close down is the U.S. government. And, and that's not a, biblical, a political statement today. That's just a fact, right? And it's no wonder that this epidemic of debt, the, the average debt, 15000 that people are strapped financially, that there's all this baggage that's stacked up around every family in the world that's causing marriages to end, it's causing financial stress, it's causing heart attacks, it's causing people to be overweight, it's causing all these problems that God never intended for us to carry because he made it so clear that the borrower is servant to the lender. So 
So our country is serving other countries right now because we continue to borrow. We continue to acquire more debt. So it's, it's not an income problem. It's an outgo problem. It's a lifestyle problem that many Americans have, which is an indicator of the spiritual problem that we have. That we're finding fulfillment in things that God never intended us to find fulfillment in. We're finding security in things that God has never intended us to find security in. That we're placing our trust in places that God never intended us to do that. And so because of that, we we acquire this baggage and we get strapped financially. And we don't even really know we're strapped. We don't even realize we're in it. So what do we need to do? As Christ followers, we have to make sure of this thing here, is that, that we, are, we cannot serve money and serve God. Jesus said it very clear. You cannot serve one. You've you, you got to choose which one you want to do. You're going to either be a master to one and serve the other. You have to choose what you're going to serve. For the love of money is the root of all evil. So we have to make a decision to say, I'm not going to love money. I'm not going to serve money. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to make a decision to serve God. I'm going to... Uh, to do it his way and do what he tells me to do. I'm going to align myself with that purpose. And then what, what happens is, is, is money doesn't have us, then we have money and God uses it. So money serves us as we serve God. Does that make sense? So when we have money and we're being good stewards of it and we're managing it wisely, money serves us so we can serve God. So we can do the things that we want to do. So, so maybe it's, you know, money can, can buy you extra time. When you, when you have money and you don't have to work as much, guess what you can do? You can serve God. You can give of those talents and those giftings he's given you and, and serve and give back to the community, give back to the church. Do those things because you're serving God as money is serving you. So as you've saved and you've prepared wisely, you can retire early and, and go to the missions field if that's what God calls you to do because you're serving God as money serves you. To many of us, it's the other way around. We can't serve God because we find ourselves serving money. And again, today isn't about making you feel guilty. We're, we shook all that off. This isn't about you know, trying to make you feel bad for where you're at. It's just trying to get your perspective to change to say, you know what, if I can make some changes, I can be able to be freed up to do what I want. It's amazing. If you look at any of Dave Ramsey's stuff, and I'm going to pull a lot of his stats in the weeks to come, but if you look at what he teaches, that people who were in tremendous debt, when they got the right perspective and they began to make some small changes, that in, in just in a couple of years, that they can get completely out of debt. Because it's not an income problem, it's an outgo problem. So when we can get control of the outgo, man, our lives can change instantly. Really, you can, month to month, you can start to see the freedom that it brings. And, and strap by strap, it gets pulled off to where you're free to really live and do what God wants you to do. So we serve, money serves us as we serve God. Then we're not under its power. We're not at its mercy We're not a servant to it. We're not a slave to it. We're not strapped to all this debt. Money can buy you the time and allow you to serve God and be generous the way that God wants you to be. Today, I want to be transparent with you about, you know, my own financial thing and and, in hopes that it'll encourage you. Jess and I aren't completely debt-free. I still have some school loans and and we have a a car loan that we're we're, we're working on. And so, but but what God has enabled us to do over the years is that we've never carried any credit card debt, ever. I will never, ever 
pay the interest that they charge me. It's just a principle. Even if I'm like, dude, I'm going to have to go, you know, rake some leaves or mow some lawns this month because I'm not, I'm not, we're paying it off. We're paying the, the balance due every month. And, and we've had to make sacrifices to do that before, but we won't allow that to sit there and then to make money on us like that. And so, but there's, so we, we, we do have some debt. And, and I would say that there are, there's some debt in your life that, that is, is sometimes necessary and sometimes smart. And Dave Ramsey wouldn't say that, you know, but I'm not him. So we're all good on that. Okay. Uh, so I understand that, you know, you have a mortgage on your house and, and, and those kind of things. I'm not saying you're completely debt free, but, but when your credit card and, and cars and, and all these extra things that we, we stack pile around us is what, what it's really talking about. And so for Jess and I, we, we've been blessed to where we've, we've always had that, that savings in the bank to where we've always had those expenses to where we've, we've had enough money in the bank where if something were to happen and in ministry, you know, it, it's week to week sometimes, you know. Thank God it did not snow today. Amen. You know, you know we, uh, we live off of what comes in through a Sunday morning. And so that, that changes all the time. It's, it's different. And so th- that security is there for us in, in a way that, that that is there for us to say, hey, if we have a bad week, it's going to be okay. We're going to be able to make it. If we have a bad month and something happens, we're, we're going to be able to make it. And so what that does is it relieves tension and stress in our relationship. We don't have to freak out and we don't have to worry and, and be all you know, tense and anxious about if, if one thing goes wrong because that's the way it is. But, but we've been blessed to be able to do that because we've made decisions in our life to say we're going to live a certain way and do certain things so that, so that we, can, so we can live that way. Dave Ramsey says that you have to live like no one else so you can live like no one else. And being debt free and, and being financially smart with your money is a weird concept to people. Have you ever met anyone who's completely debt-free? They're, they're kind of weird, right? People who are completely debt-free, they're kind of weird. They're just different, but they, they live differently so, so they can do the things that God's called them to do. And for Jess and I, just being honest with you, there's no way if we had the baggage of debt that was dictating our future that we would have been able to come here and plant this church. There's no way. I, I have friends who have felt the call of God to go and do certain things, and they can't because of the financial decisions that they made. The baggage that they have, it's too heavy for them to carry to a new destination. They can't get there with it. Even within our network of churches, if you feel called to the mission field, and in our network, and our fellowship, we have more missionaries all over the world than any other denomination in the world. And if you go to them and say, I want to, plan, I want to go be a missionary to some foreign country, they're going to go, that's awesome. Let's look at your finances. Well, you can't go until you're debt-free that's the way it is and so they can't pursue they can't do that and for jess and i we we've had to stick to a a strict budget you know for her we we made a decision where we said we really want jess to be able to stay home and and raise our kids and so jess watches other kids so that we have the extra income that we need so so we can do that that we made that decision And, and that's not the right decision for everyone it was for us but we had to make sacrifices to do that so that she could do that so we could do the things that god has called us to do and that's where God wants us to get. He wants us to get to a place where we're not serving anyone but him. Because debt, we have to serve it. You have to make those payments. You don't have a choice. So they're going to come and take everything that you have. Romans thirteen eight says this. Let no debt remain outstanding. Let no debt remain outstanding. He said the only thing that you should have debt to is debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. So over this series, we're going to talk about how you can get free from the bondage of debt. 
so you can get unstrapped from these things that the enemy has put around your life and we don't even realize it that these straps that we become like a puppet on a string and they control us and dictate every move that we have I can't take that job I can't get that house I can't do the things that that I feel called to do and that are in my heart because I'm I'm slave serving this I gotta everywhere I go I got I gotta get through the airport with a stroller and kids and it's just it's too hard we we can't manage to do that the band's going to come we're going to close out today and but i just think about in the church and in general that the church is 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 an awesome organization just not our church not a denomination the church in the world anytime there's there's something that happens the church can mobilize money and people faster than any other organization in the world especially some of the, the larger churches who you know, I remember hearing about the Vineyard Church when the earthquakes happened in Haiti, and I, I don't remember the, the right statistic, but in one weekend, they have services Saturday and Sunday, in one weekend, they were able, able to raise a couple million dollars in one weekend to send people out and to send relief. It's just an incredible, powerful thing that the church can do. But I, I think about how many people, though, in the church, and I've had conversations with even some of you who are saying, Kyle, we really want to support you know, the church, and we, wanna, we, want, we believe in it, we're so excited, and, and, we, and we'd love to give more, but, but we just don't have the margin to do it. I, I'd love to give more, but, but I really just can't because of, of where my financial situation is. And, and so I just think about, like, how amazing the church could be, not our church, the church in general, that if people could get unstrapped, that they could get debt-free, that they could live generous with their life and, and with their time and that they could pursue whatever God's putting on their heart to do, that they could love the way that God wants us to do. And so we can serve God as money serves us to do that. How awesome that would be if all of us could get that kind of freedom in our life, that how awesome our, our relationships would be, that that tension is removed from your marriage situation and, and you don't have that bondage that's there anymore, that, that it would be a freeing thing if we could get unstrapped. And that's the way God wants us to live. That's how he created us to live. So over the upcoming weeks, if we can get the right perspective and realize that, you know, I either got to make a decision to serve God and allow money to serve that, serve my purpose that he has for me. I gotta, you, got, you have to make that decision. You got to decide that. Some of you, maybe you've never made that decision. Say, you know, God's in control of my life. I'm going to completely trust him with every area of my life, including my finances that we can get to that place where we surrender that to God, where we find our security in Him. But when we get to that place and we make those decisions and, and over the upcoming weeks we'll figure out how do we do it the way that God wants us to and we can get free the way that He wants.